0: Warning. Incoming Incoming message. message. Synchronizing. Synchronizing.
1: What's up everybody? Terminal Transmissions here with you now. My name is Danny. I'm Garrett. I'm Taylor. So, you know, some people might be listening for the first time ever, which is a huge mistake because this is our 60th episode, so you've missed 59 (laughs) of them. Um, But Terminal Transmissions is a pop culture sort of talk show. We like to talk about, you know, nerdy stuff like video games, TV shows, movies, science and tech. It's pretty cool. I like it a lot. Um, And we have a lot of fun. We do it have a lot of fun.
0: Probably, objectively, the coolest podcast.
1: Probably, objectively. So, <laughs> like I said, this is our sixtieth episode, six zero, the big six zero, and we're going to talk about the Good Omens TV series that's coming to Amazon. Here we go, or Amazon if you're a plebeian. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about the Hyperloop One and how it goes at seven hundred miles an hour and will rip your face directly yeah. off. Seven sixty per Garrett. Uh, we're gonna talk about a werewolf the apocalypse video game that's in the works. Hey, me so too. So that's pretty exciting. We're definitely gonna fucking knock teeth about that. Oh yeah. And then finally we're gonna talk about how the Terminator movie franchise is being rebooted by James Cameron and Tim Miller is in talks to direct
2: of Deadpool Fame. Yeah. Fantastic news. So starting off with good omens, real mega pumped about this show. Yeah, uh, Garrett's a big Neil Gaiman watch guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this book actually was co-written by Neil Gaiman and Sir Terry Pratchett when both of them were kind of new to their respective careers at the time. Neil Gaiman had done a, a few comic books and what have you, but it was actually his first novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry Pratchett had already done some stuff, but wasn't he wasn't huge or anything. Yet it was, it's really, really, really neat. They actually co-wrote this via the telephone, which is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't remember exactly if Neil Gaiman at the time because he's bounced back and forth across the Atlantic. Uh, I don't know if at the time he was living in America. I
0: think I, they were both in England.
2: Okay, so if they were both in England at the time, but yeah, it's it's they would just like call each other and be like, "Hey," because this was like pre when the internet was just everywhere. You couldn't, you couldn't just like snap an email over right. to, to someone else, but they were, they made it work, but they, they just 100% co-wrote this thing, which is kind of amazing because you really can't differentiate, Yeah, which is really kind of special because I feel like every other book that I've ever read that's co-written, uh, you can tell there, there's some parts where you're like, oh, okay, this is, there was, a huge jump, And in no way, shape or form was I ever, did I ever feel like I knew when that happened in good omens. Right. And it's really neat. I, I, last year I got to go see Neil Gaiman when he was here in Austin and it was one of my favorite experiences in my life. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. And, uh, it was neat because someone asked him about this while we, while I was there. And, uh, He said one of one of the his favorite parts when he knew it was going to be something special was at one point Terry said Terry Pratchett said something to him like, hey, this part that you wrote was really, really good. And I really liked it. And he kind of read a piece of the of the part. And uh, Neil Gaiman was like, no, you wrote that. (laughs) And they actually started like arguing over which one had written it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And that that to me is is absolutely just something else. Um, But. The book is fantastic. It's very, very British comedy in the best of ways, uh, but I think it's also really accessible, which which is really cool. but it's about like the biblical apocalypse, like basically the book of Revelation as- basically,
0: TLDR is the representation of hell and heaven live on earth, and they're trying to stop the apocalypse from happening because they yes. like living on earth.:
2: Yes. Which yeah. Which
0: is what, Crawley and Crawley. who's the one from heaven? Apple Plap. Apple, <laughs> That's him. <laughs> yes. Uh,
2: yeah, <clears throat> Crawley is the demon, and I actually don't what <clears throat> <throat> It starts with an A, I bet. I bet you a million is dollars. This from
0: the man who was like, I like to make sure that I can pronounce everyone's name. I, I don't
2: think he actually knows who the character's <laughs> name No, was. I don't. Oh. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Taylor got jealous. I, I actually don't. I actually don't remember what his name is. I
0: feel like it starts with an A. That's why I thought maybe you knew. What? I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I was pretty sure
1: it started with an X, which is definitely Garrett's wheelhouse. So, oh,
0: it doesn't start with an X.
2: It, it is an A. Is there a fail? I don't know. I was close. <laughs> anyway, it's it's really cool, and they've they've had this like competition slash rivalry slash best friendship since uh like the garden of eden uh and so it it was actually like crowley was the snake in the garden of eden and then that angel was sent down to like protect the garden after uh adam and eve were kicked out so they've just been like broing down and so it actually describes them as like the best demon and the worst angel (laughs) 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 yes they meet in the middle and it's it's fully supernatural they have tons of powers and all sorts of shit's going on but also they have tons of other characters kind of true to uh, terry pratchett form there's tons of other characters in the books that are just the, in the book that are just having a blast and it's really well fleshed out but also it's just i guess in true um uh, neil gaiman form it it takes things that exist already in fiction mm-hmm. And then it spins them in this really neat, unique way that, you know, like death is there and and war and all the four horsemen yeah. of the apocalypse. Oh. But they're told in this really neat, novel way. Oh, It's just fantastic. So go check out the book if you can.
0: Also, Neil Gaiman is going to be the showrunner of this right. miniseries, which I think is really cool because that's not a common thing right. for the author to mm-hmm. write and direct and pretty much call the shots on the show. So that's right. You know, that's going to be really interesting. It is becoming
1: more common though, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And I oh, feel like he's, and rice is going to be doing mm-hmm. it
2: for vampire crons. Yeah. Yeah. Off Sean. Yeah. It was really neat because, uh, this, we found out about this a few months ago and, uh, it, it was really cool because they had gone back and forth. Uh, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett had gone back and forth on doing this and they had g- agreed that they would never do it without the other one. That they All had right. to do it together. That was their agreement. And so, uh, after after uh, Terry Pratchett died, he, he was sick for a long time. And after he passed away, uh, like I think it was two years ago, he actually gave written approval nice. for uh, Neil Gaiman to do this without him, which is a really big deal. So yeah, just I think this is going to be special. I I, I really do. I think that this is going to be something that's kind of set apart
1: yeah it's kind of funny because for me personally and there's there's an obvious but that you guys are going to know before i say it i haven't really liked honestly any amazon original shows oh really like not not as much as i've liked stuff that's coming out from like netflix and what have you netflix and basically every other company right now mm-hmm. but goliath goliath. Yeah. Yeah. goliath came out the major Absolutely. exception uh yeah. and this happens to also be a miniseries oh awesome which yeah. like goliath we think was it's mm-hmm. not really confirmed if there's going to be another season or right, that. um but I'm excited about it just based on the merits of Goliath alone, yeah, yeah. because I know that amazon's had some really critically acclaimed series mm-hmm. um, and I've watched them, I watched like the first season of Transparent, I watched a couple episodes of Man in the high Tower, I watched a couple episodes of Hand of God, mm-hmm. and they were all just kind of like good shows, right, right, get or leave it, yeah, none of them were like oh shit i'm right. about to I'm about to get bed sores <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i I hope that and I, and I think that. Uh, Good Omens will be something along those lines. I I really, like I said, I I think it's going to be something that's that's special. Uh, I don't think Neil Gaiman would do it unless it's going to have his just 110% of his attention to it. And and I think as long as that happens, it's going to be incredible.
1: Yeah. One thing I wanted to tack on is something you said earlier when you mentioned co written books where you can't tell the difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Expanse for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay.
2: You you read the first, or you started reading the first one? Yeah, I read about the
1: first one. That's actually two. Authors oh, co-writing as that. like a pen name. Okay, like, James S A Corey is a made-up name. I had totally forgotten about and it's that. Two people. Yeah.
0: Wow. And they've written
1: like seven books in this. Series. <gasps> oh really? Oh yeah. I thought it was just three. Oh no, the expanse is on like book seven. What? Yeah, that's why the fact that that sci-fi show is a hit, they're going to make a little okay. stack of paper. There you go.
0: Well, damn.
2: So yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep you up up to date as uh, new developments happen Casting. for this show. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, in science and tech news, I wanted to get into the Hyperloop One. Yeah? Yeah. Yes.
1: Take me to the faraway place fast.
0: <laughs> this is um, old Elon Musk's baby vision for transportation. He has
1: baby vision. <laughs> it's one of his many technological advancements.
0: He's so talented that he wants to, you know, transform the way we transport ourselves around. Not just with cars not just with cars. So, basically, it's just like this huge tube that's supposed to span from place to place and send you extremely fast. It says that it can send you from... I think it's Dubai to Abu Dhabi in 12 minutes. Something crazy.
1: I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how far apart those places are. Yeah, yeah. Can I have... Can I have a, an American milestone here? I have no idea. <laughs> it can get you from a McDonald's to a Starbucks in two seconds.
0: It's probably super, super fucking fast.
1: Let's fucking find out. Uh, we're, we're typing. We're Googling. So here's the thing. I've been waiting for this ever since Tenacious D's self-titled album came out. When okay. they talk about tube technology in City Hall.
2: <laughs> okay, get scientists
1: working on the tube technology immediately.
2: Uh, Abu Dhabi to where? Dubai. Yeah. Okay, so normally it's an hour and 20-minute drive with tolls.
0: How many miles is it?
2: Uh, it's 139 kilometers. Oh, in 12 minutes? Yeah. Zwange. I feel what, like it what makes are, sound.
1: What are minutes called in Imperial Measurement?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's estimated that it will go uh, about 760 miles per hour, which, for your information, will not melt your face off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and I, I don't know. Garrett had a pretty compelling <laughs> argument in that. Haven't you seen those videos of people in like NASA testing going at like Mach ten?
0: No, they pass out. Nah, nah, no. Because then Garrett also did more research and found out that what jet is it?
2: The SR seventy one Blackbird. Mach ten
0: goes how fast?
2: Like twenty two hundred. It's oh. Mach three. So this is this is Mach one. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I, I get that it can it, it's possible. <laughs> I wasn't saying like, "Oh, you can't do that. The human body you can't do it. Were I obviously knew.: Adamant that
0: you, no, no. your face would be mush.: no, no, no
2: Okay. I meant like it would be uncomfortable. <laughs> not, not like, oh God, it's going to rip your face off." It's just going to, I feel like it was like, I feel like it's just going to like slam you really fucking hard into your seat. I I think
1: it probably will just, the
2: acceleration process will take a couple of seconds. Like if you think about taking off
1: in a 747, which does go damn near 600 miles an hour. right? So really the gap is even smaller. Yeah, that's true. There's a fly. There's a bug. Don't do it, bug. Watch out. Kiss me. Um, But I mean, (laughs) you definitely feel that pressure jerking you back into your seat when you're taking off in a plane. Uh But it's not like, I kind of like it.
0: Yeah, because yeah, yeah. then
1: once you hit, like, once you're done accelerating mm-hmm. and you kind of, like, relax and right. like, the G-forces, like, let off of you, it's, I like that feeling. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, my favorite part of flying is when you, like, come up out of your seat after getting, like, jerked off.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Oh.
1: Jerk back. Jerk back. <laughs> they tug you.
2: The, the G-forces tug on you. Yeah. Okay. The plane makes you come right where it wants.
0: <laughs> how, is, how did we get here? Oh, they're okay. old bits. We were guys talking guys about that. long tubes. <laughs> oh, anyway. So
2: to make you come fast
0: basically uh the head engineer of the hyperloop said that his vision is that you'll have a transmitter in your car and as you approach the hyperloop it'll basically be like you have a fast pass, fast pass to the highway so you just get to like past everyone else if you have a hyperloop transmitter yeah yeah
2: and then you just drive your car onto it and it locks you in or yeah. what yeah. You, your car, your your fucking Tesla smart car just auto scoops up and a little. I didn't know that. Your
0: driverless little. Tesla smart car. See, I yeah. didn't
2: know that. I thought that it had to like. I thought it was a process. I thought it had to like. You had to drive into like one of those storage containers like they do for ferries. You know, when like your. Fa- no. like I didn't know that. That's cool. That's really neat. I really didn't know that. Yeah, I thought that they it just would fucking fire you out like a railgun. That's awesome. I, okay, that's way cooler to me. I thought that it was going to be like when when you have to put your car on a ferry, and they have to like lock it down, and you have to like leave your car and and then. Like it transports you to the other place. No, it's way
0: way more futuristic. That's
2: fucking dead. It's
0: really cool. They have said that one of the routes they've suggested is a triangular hyperloop between Austin, Dallas, and Houston. Oh, that'd be cool. So for anybody in Texas, can you imagine going from Austin, Dallas, and Houston in like eight minutes?
1: That means every single show that we don't get in Austin, we'll get to go see over there. Fuck yeah. That
2: that would be fucking cool.
1: Say I won't. (laughs) Yeah. How do I tax? yeah <laughs> how do i tax teach it's fucking me dope. so
0: they're doing um like a full system test in las vegas later this year mm-hmm. i think they had one last year that wasn't as like full out that they're mm-hmm. gonna do this year so they're doing it in the desert and i guess we're gonna get more updates about it after that
1: uh, dude it would be so cool to be able to go between dallas and houston here in like five minutes yeah that would Can be nuts you
0: imagine oh that would that's be incredible
1: so awesome. I don't know if y'all know this, but Texas is big. Texas yeah. is big as fuck. I don't give a flying shit about Dallas or Houston no offense. But if I could go there in 12 minutes, right. I definitely would. Yeah. Yeah, so and have, you you a fan there, yeah, you can fucking I, hang
2: on out. Yeah, like everyone in my family lives in Houston now, so that would be fucking incredible for me. I would love you just that.
0: just hop on the Hyperloop and be there in like 4 minutes Literally y'all.
2: literally could go visit your
1: family for dinner without like taking a day out of it. Jesus Dang.
0: Christ. That yeah. would be so awesome. So, yeah, obviously, there are more benefits than just convenience. Mm-hmm. It would be environmentally friendly and uh, would clear up a lot of like traffic and transportation issues.
2: Oh, yeah. I um, didn't even think about that part. Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, if you think about it, like he says, it's going to be like a fast pass through the highway. It's kind of essentially like um, what are those roads called that are on the side of the highway that
1: like HRV yeah. lane?
0: Yeah, kind of okay, like, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of like that. Like but they have they have one on no, they have one on Mopac, um, but I'm not sure what it's called. It's basically like if you, it's kind of like an HOV lane, but it's like a f- express lane, kind of.
2: Okay, you have so, there's in Austin.
0: I don't think yeah, them in, yeah, in there t- is one. Dallas. I know what you're talking I mean, about. You it
1: doesn't have any exits or anything. It takes you just from like one exit to right, another, right? And you can't do anything.
0: I don't. I mean, it, it might be the same as an HOV lane. Like you can only be in it if you have what is it? More than one person? Yeah, That's possible. So imagine that, but it's a fucking tube that sends you at like 700 miles an hour. You how much traffic that would clear up. You
1: know what? Honestly, probably why they picked that. They were like, what's a big ass state? <laughs> so there's reasonable distances between their cities mm-hmm. that has three major cities in a triangle shape that all have terrible traffic problems. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes. And they're like, oh, there's only one. That not, there's only, that's only one
0: place yeah, in yeah.
1: the US. Texas takes yes. the cake. Yeah.
0: Um. <laughs> it's pretty incredible So yeah the, They're talking about The price is 11.5 million dollars Per mile of tube Jesus So it's a lot of money It's at least two Yeah
1: But he's got that Fucking roof tile money now Be real
0: but Yeah I Swimming feel like in investors dollars. Are just like They're just raining down on him Cause Can you imagine Well
2: yeah I mean like It makes the most sense For just like cities To throw money at this thing Absolutely Like yeah. businesses To throw money at this If you Like just Just thinking about like If even just in Texas, like thinking about being like bringing consumers and tourists able to just because like, like, for example, in in Austin, we don't have like good malls. Mm -hmm. Houston has incredible malls. So just like just thinking about that aspect of it, like people being able to bounce from Austin to Houston and spending money there, it would make sense for Houston to just throw money at this.
0: Yeah. On paper, it makes total sense and Mm -hmm. it seems like it's just like of course we're gonna do that Mm -hmm. my only thing is like texas is also scared of science so (laughs) i wouldn't be surprised if they were like no fuck you elon you're not bringing that tube here they
1: are scared of science but you know what they're scared of more traffic yeah (laughs) Right,
0: right right so yeah it's gonna be really cool i'm fucking pumped
2: fuck yeah
1: So in video games, we wanted to talk a little bit about an upcoming werewolf the apocalypse game. I'm excited because I fucking love werewolves. I'm not like a huge World of Darkness guy. Garrett is oh yeah, a fucking <laughs> freakish World of Darkness nerd. <laughs> it's true. So it's being developed by Cyanide Studios. They made uh, Sticks Master Shadows and Blood Bowl, which both didn't. They weren't like AAA titles right. that like sold a ton of copies, mm-hmm. but they both did. They were both successful and right. got really good ratings. Yeah. I'm super fired up about this. Oh, yeah. But just because I love werewolves. Yeah. Werewolves are like one of my favorite, like, fictional species. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I've always told people that if I got the choice to become any, like a witch or a fucking mm-hmm. vampire or anything, I would pick a werewolf. And I know that they have a lot of disadvantages in terms <laughs> of like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, why wouldn't you just pick an immortal hot person, right. aka a vampire? Right. Yeah, because you could be a fucking werewolf.
2: Yes. And on yeah. top of that, I was actually talking to one of my friends about this that also knows a hell of a lot about uh, White Wolf the other day. And uh, it's awesome as well because White Wolf makes the best monsters of everything. Oh, yeah. They're like the blizzard of tabletop RPGs monsters.
1: Because they take Werewolf, the concept, Mm -hmm. and then perfect it in every way.
2: Yeah, and they did the same thing with with, uh, vampires, even with, like, fucking mages, mummies, wraiths, like, everything. like they they changelings. Yeah, they take all of like folklore and tropes and then they put them all together and then make this incredible version of it that is just like the best one hands down. I fucking love it.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited. So there's basically no information about mm-hmm. this game at all. They did say they promised that you'll be able to become a werewolf.
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh.
1: And that your sort of your your mission or your goal will be Being opposed to urban civilization and supernatural corruption and heading towards inevitable apocalypse. Oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) Now...
0: (laughs) That sounds awesome. Here's what I'm wondering.
1: So, when Bloodlines came out, Mm -hmm. which was a vampire masquerade game for those who don't know, uh, it came out
2: years ago. Yeah, like 2004?
1: 2003? They they were very limited, A, on the number of... What
2: are they called? Clans? Uh, Houses. uh, So, they're... Tribes and werewolf, their clans and and vampires. So
1: that you were limited on the number of clans you could choose from in terms Mm -hmm. of what exists in the lore. Right. And even their abilities were basically non existent compared to what you can actually do in the the actual tabletop game. Right. But video games have advanced so far since then that I'm really curious about what options we're going to have in terms of choosing. Because it might be none, right? They can Mm -hmm. totally just be like, you're a werewolf and you just build out a, a class. Right. Based on whatever tree you want, yeah. Or they could go full fucking nerd with it, and you just choose and build based on that skill tree. Oh yeah, but, like, that's where it some needs to go. Wild ass fucking shit available. So
0: is vampires the vampire of the masquerade, and all of this are in the same universe? Yeah, the world yeah. of
2: darkness. And universe. there,
0: it's a tabletop game turned into an RP tabletop RPG turned into a video game. Yes. Twice. Oh. Yeah. I'm interested in this.
1: So yeah, it's the best. So world of darkness has. World of Darkness is not a tabletop RPG. It is literally just the name of all of these different like what is it like 11, 10 different tabletop RPGs that they have. A ton have of them, yeah. that all exist in the same universe. So there's mm-hmm. vampire, there's werewolf, there's mummy, there's mage, there's changeling, there's
2: Wraith. uh hunter. And they
0: all have their own game. Yeah. What? But it's all, like huge.
2: Yeah, it's all one world, but each one, each game within that universe focuses on a different like subset of supernatural thing that you oh, okay. play. Yeah, so just like uh, and by a tabletop RPG we mean like Dungeons and Dragons kind right. of things. And so yeah, it, like in Werewolf the Apocalypse, you can interact with vampires, and you can you can even do mixed games where you can do like, all right, like Danny's a vampire and I'm oh. a werewolf and you're a mage.
0: Yeah, uh, I feel like we be, need to
1: play this. It would probably be a real pain in the stump for the GM if you did like a multi right a multi game game. Yeah, but it would be really fun. So two things: one, they made so there's there's a game called Hunter, which yes. is literally what it sounds like. You are. A monster hunter yeah. that exists in this world. And they made two video games. Yep. And they were awesome. They were fucking dope
2: as yeah. shit. That was what, dope. like
1: fucking 15 years ago? Yeah, something like that. Um, and they were both super fun. Mm-hmm. The second thing I want to say is that Garrett and I have, at different times, almost played a game of Demon. Mm-hmm. We almost played a game of Hunter. Yep,
2: We almost played a game of Vampire. And none of them have ever come to fruition. But we did get to well, play. We did get to play Scion, which isn't set in the same universe, but it is a White Wolf game.
0: I would like to formally request that we play one of those games. Oh, because okay. I'm super interested in that. Yeah, it's, you, it's you, really are you trying
2: neat. to run a game. Oh man, I'd, I'd run a, a White Wolf game in heartbeat. Yeah, so it's really neat. So get, getting more, trying not to flap too much gum about it, but <laughs> uh, so werewolf is really neat because they're told a lot differently than most werewolf tropes. Instead of being like "quote unquote" cursed, which all we're, all white wolf stuff, there is a curse there. There are downsides, uh, but instead of it being like a normal curse, werewolves in where, Werewolf the Apocalypse can't create other werewolves by just like biting or clawing them, like is normal in, in most tropes include uh, that have to do with with werewolves. Instead, you have to be born, but it's oh. it's yeah, but it's it's really rare, and two werewolves aren't supposed to mate together because. The uh, the offspring are always like deformed, uh, mentally or physically. So the werewolf has to mate with a normal human oh. or what's called kinfolk, which is one uh, is someone that is from like genetically from werewolf stock that wasn't changed because only one in eight progeny actually uh, change. So okay. like
1: as a werewolf, I could like mate with a human eight times and still S- seven or even
2: none of them mm-hmm. could come out as werewolf. Yeah.
0: Dang. Yeah. yeah
2: and some people luck like out. Some people get ass. two or three. And then also like, so this is also neat because, uh, werewolf is all about duality. Mm-hmm. The idea of duality is probably the most central concept to Left werewolf. Brain, right brain. Yeah. And so the, like it's uh, <laughs> it's an office quote.
1: I try to sneak <laughs> them in wherever possible.
2: So the whole deal is that Garou, which is from loop guru, which is French for werewolf. Um, that's what they're called. Nerd. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Garu are half wolf and half man, but they're also half blood and half spirit. And so they are actually the embodiment of the protectors of the earth. The earth is a real thing that exists. The, the, this is very non metaphorical in spirit. There's actually a spirit world called the Umbra that they can just step into. It's called stepping sideways and they can just go there and just bounce back. So if this game is going to be a werewolf the apocalypse game, that's going to have to be in there too. So it's not just like, oh, I'm a werewolf and I have to run around like terrorizing the streets. It's, not, I mean, you probably could do that in um, some werewolves do. Didn't you just
0: say they're the protectors? That's what, of I'm, the saying. Earth? That's what oh, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So it's
2: like, yeah, Garu aren't supposed to do which that, which
0: is kind of conflicting with the mini synopsis that we got.
2: Yeah. Well, no,
1: because so they're opposed to urban civilization and supernatural corruption. Yeah. So if you're like chopping down a forest. They might, oh, they might come get you.
2: Yeah. Okay. And so also there is a supernatural uh, conglomerate, a corporation uh, called Pentex, which is basically the embodiment of corruption on the mortal plane. The, I, I would have to explain this in a lot more detail <laughs> and I will afterward. But um, basically Pentex is actually like with magic, basically like corrupting the planet, but also everything that is corruption feeds the worm. W-Y-R-M, which is also controls Pentex.
1: Which is also another R- World of Darkness game.
2: Yes.
0: Pentex? Worm. No, worm. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, basically, Garu fight against that. Okay. They fight against corruption in, like, metaphorical senses, but also full 100%. These are real things. Like, Pentex has people that look like humans, but just have, like, Cthulhu mouths. So- and they, like...
1: Short story long, we have no idea how much of this is actually going to make it into the yeah. game. Yeah. Um, like I was saying, it could just be like, you pick a werewolf, you get a couple powers. Or it mm-hmm. could be like, you actually you know, get really specific into the game lore. Yeah. Because they all have incredibly different abilities and
2: yes. powers. And some like, of them are nuts. Wildly. Wildly yeah. different. Like some Gar- So, garu learn gifts, which are literally taught to them by spirits that are just magic. Because they're part spirit themselves. Some of them are, you know when someone's lying. Some of them are, you can breathe underwater. Some of them are, you can turn someone else into a wolf permanently. So it's like, they vary like crazy and, and in power level and in like scope. Mm. So uh-huh.
1: just so everyone knows, he's not talking to you when he's saying all this. He's like professing to Taylor right now. He's <laughs> like giving her like a college lecture about fucking werewolves. And it's amazing.
2: <laughs> Thank you. But I love it. I love it. I love all of their games. I loved what they did a long time ago with Vampire's Masquerade, Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines. I would love to see this game done really well.
1: Well, and here's the thing. So on the the next episode, episode 61, we're going to talk about the new Call of Cthulhu game, Mm -hmm. which is actually made by the same studio. And graphically, it looks fucking fantastic. And thematically, it looks fantastic. So um, it definitely, like, sort of boosts my confidence in this game being fucking awesome. Absolutely. So in movie talk, uh, I wanted to quickly touch on, and by that I mean probably ramble mm-hmm. about the <laughs> Terminator franchise being rebooted. Now, this is you know I, I whenever we talk about something that I'm passionate about, I like to go into like a fucking history of my life and how it's my favorite <laughs> thing. So Terminator 2: Judgment Day is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's probably in my top five, depending on the weekend, maybe okay. my top three. Dang, I love Terminator 2. Now I love Terminator 1. Yeah, I also love Terminator 2. I tolerated Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation, and I haven't seen Genesis yet, but I probably will watch it just because I love Terminator. Right. So James Cameron is getting all the rights back in 2019 to the Terminator franchise, uh, and he is immediately planning on rebooting it. In fact, he's already working on this movie and just can't release it. Right. It's not finished, but he can't release it until he gets the rights back. (laughs) Real
0: quick. Why did he sell the rights to Terminator?
1: Uh he probably was done with it and studios were like, here's a big old pile of money.
0: Which studio is it?
1: Uh, I think it's universal. I don't know. Uh, off the top wow. of my head. Somebody big. I
0: really, I don't think I ever knew that,
1: but yeah, they probably, he was probably like, sure. Yeah. Make a couple more. And then they shit on it. And he's like, yeah, okay, which well is, yeah. f- when I get these rights back, I'm gonna fix it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he is re- rebooting the movie. It's already in the works. Uh, and, and he's already uh, in talks with Tim Miller to direct, um, Tim Miller did Deadpool one and he quit Deadpool two Which I'm thinking now he probably had a big fat fucking paycheck hanging in front of his face when he was having all these issues with creativity Mm -hmm. on Deadpool 2. Right. he was like... Ooh, so I could take another risk with a second <laughs> Deadpool movie, or I can just take this
2: huge right. pile of zeros from James Cameron to make fucking Terminator well, reboot. And also, I, I think that I think that that happened absolutely. But I think also it it would probably help that it is a James Cameron reboot of Terminator, mm-hmm. and yeah, offering that's not any, something that
0: you want to pass up. Yeah, no, offering no.
2: yeah offering any director on the planet. That. Other than I feel himself, like, yeah, I feel like I feel like they would go for it, yeah. And I feel like honestly, probably because he's working
1: on Avatar two through seven, right? He can't personally direct it. Yeah. Is he
0: just like EP or what is he doing? It,
1: it doesn't. It's not specified, but I'm sure he's probably writing it. Yeah, okay. Or at least having a finger in the pie. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd have, we have no idea about this. We don't know about right. right, casting or even plot. We don't know. It could be, you know, that they're going to eliminate. The uh, third, fourth, and fifth movie, yeah, and just do a sequel to Terminator 2 Judgment crossed. Day, uh, or not necessarily fingers crossed. They've they never just not, they're the whole not, thing. yeah, they're not going to include those movies, but the other option is just a full from the ground up reboot, yeah. I'd
2: actually be okay with like that, like they could just remake Terminator, yeah. I would, I would love that just to see it done again by, right. by Cameron with fully scaled up tech.
0: Oh my right. god, <laughs> I now think that would be, be so incredible. Cool. I have a
1: problem with either option, yeah. One, he's so fucking grandiose these days Yeah, it's true <laughs> That I, the spectacle might be too big, even for James Cameron, to f- suit a Terminator 1 mm. If you think about the scale of Terminator 1 Why? Two, if you do the the threequel, if you make mm-hmm. the trilogy Then do you have to get, like, fucking Lynn Hamilton out of retirement, all old? Do you bring uh, back Arnold? Because how do you really make it an actual, yeah. you know, sequel? Without bringing back any of those people. Unless you because just Because they're do all a- like 400 and or partially retired. Yeah, I think we're yeah. better
0: off with option one.
2: Well, you, you could also do... You could do like a composite of it where you could have like... It's an extension and you didn't write the, the first two out. But it's like a different part of the story that involves completely different people. Like Rogue One. Yeah, kind of like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's possible, but the problem again with that is that you're getting into the scale issue. Mm-hmm. So you could do one, you could do uh, a future telling of, like, John Connor after uh, Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you could even do a, a future telling of Kyle Reese, which is kind mm-hmm. of what happened in Salvation. Right, right. Um, but again, then you're in the fucking apocalypse, and then it's just going to be fucking Spectacle Town. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to be giant explosion CGI Michael Bay movie. And yeah. I'm like, I want... What I personally want is just a reboot, a chill reboot of Terminator One. Yeah. Now my hope is that because it's being directed by someone else, mm-hmm. that it won't be a ridiculous. Yeah. Avatar. James Cameron will be so movie. busy
0: with Avatar that Tim Miller will just like do it low key.
1: I've got my fingers crossed because if they <laughs> yeah. do like a solid low key reboot of yeah. Terminator One, it's
0: gonna be incredible. Fucking hell! Yeah. And then
1: if I then in you know in 2021 I get a fucking reboot of Judgment Day, oh I will God. scream. <laughs> I will scream. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Now Actual that that would scream. be cool. Now that now that you say that, yeah, that's I think that's best case scenario. Yeah. I think that out. would be awesome. So
1: we'll see what happens. Fuck, I mean yeah. I don't know I don't want to get my hopes up too high because mm-hmm. a lot of reboots are bad. Right. I would say the majority. Right. Um but we'll see. Yeah. It's twenty nineteen, so we got time to to percolate. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Cool. I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you everybody.
0: See ya.